welcome to our podcast this week. Uh, we are here in the uh, delightful back room of the Well Sheffield, and we're going to be talking to Hugo and Hanneke van Driel. So guys, it's really nice to, to welcome you. Uh, we've been uh, friends as a church with you guys for two or three years now. Um, would you uh, uh, just, uh, I guess you need to introduce yourselves to us a little bit. Um, uh, and you have a very Dutch name. Mm-hmm. So should we, should we go Dutch to start with? Let's go Dutch. Tell us Let's your Dutch, Dutch connections. Well, I'm, uh, my parents are both Dutch, moved to England in about the mid 60s. Um, and then I was, uh, yeah, brought up in, on a farm in uh, England. Okay. So our holidays would be going to Holland every year. So Van Driel, Driel is a place in Holland and Van means from. So it sounds fantastic, but Van Driel is from Driel. <laughs> less exotic. <laughs> exactly. Ne- less oh. exotic. Absolutely. Okay. And Hanneke, you are also Dutch. Yeah. I'm born in Holland actually. Okay. So um. I've always liked Holland, uh, England, but I yeah. didn't think I would ever live here mm. actually. So God took me on a journey around the world like I worked and lived in Amsterdam as a psychologist and but in 95 got really clearly spoke to me and said you're off to Mongolia right so via Germany to Mongolia and then God said well connected me with Hugo and that mm. brought me to England actually. and there is yeah. a story in there it's yeah quite a story. It's so quite a story. it's not it's not often that one sits and and someone I mean even someone who's actually been to Mongolia let alone lived there so can you just tell us a little bit about how that happened for mm-hmm. you was it a pleasant process was it a surprise um and was it I presume it was a Christian thing that brought you there um God yes thing? yeah it was actually God sending me on a mission and the funny thing is before I went to uni I went with uh, YWAM, which is a great organization, yeah. but deeply hoping I would uh, not be called into mission because right. I had other ambitions. And I went to, uh, to Africa and I thought, definitely I'm not called to mission, you know, looking back probably a lot of my own immaturity and things that were happening. So serving God in Holland, having a really nice life, but feeling something is missing, you know, right. but not knowing what it is. And I think, Yesterday I spoke about surrender, but I think at this conference where I heard Jackie Pullinger's testimony, uh-huh. who really gave 100% to God, God so deeply touched me and said, well, who is in charge in your life? You know, and just showing me how much I was just holding the reins myself. So and how also, old would you have been at this time of time? I was, I think, 31. Okay, so, so you had an established career. Yeah, in the middle of my You were enjoying my, life yeah. in, in Holland, all set up. And then, so Jackie Pullinger is, is a, another of our uh, heroes of the faith. Uh, she's still alive and, and doing great things in Hong Kong. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's a lady who moved there, what, it must be 20, 30 or 40 no, years ago. No, more than like years. Yeah. Maybe 50, 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. An incredible yeah. story of God yes. calling her to serve the, the poorest of the yeah. poor outside of her comfort zone. Yeah. And so you heard a similar kind of challenge, did you? Yeah, I was listening to her and I was just weeping the whole mm. talk to my great surprise and just seeing my life suddenly from a different perspective that actually everything is God's and he has the full right to do with my life as he pleases, you know, and somehow, although I was a Christian doing and really a desire to be used, it was very much on my terms, I think, right. till that day. And that day God absolutely broke my heart. Just I felt a little bit of his love for lost people. And it was just so overwhelming. So that literally brought me on the floor, uh-huh. crying and say, God, 
just I don't care. I don't care what it is. I just beg you to use me. Please, please use me. That was, and I don't care what it is. Full carte blanche. You know, okay. you do with me as you please. And maybe he's been waiting for me to say that mm. because really, literally the next day he gave me the next step, which was to my great surprise. He told me it's Mongolia. I didn't even know where it was on the map. To uh -huh. be fair. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so, so the step that brought God to calling you somewhere that ended up for some years and a, and a fruitful ministry was that you were on your face and finally got to that point of saying that's it i'll do what, yes. whatever you want absolutely interesting yeah, yeah. hugo we'll hear more yeah have you i mean how's your how's how's your journey been is it, is it a similar kind of um i guess i want to think a little bit about surrender mm -hmm. uh, you guys strike me as people who've 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 journeyed with god to the point that you're happy to say you can have it your way and do yeah. it your way in my life what's yeah. that journey been like for you well the journey for me became a christian at 14 okay. uh went to a traditional baptist chapel uh, heard about Jesus, not much about the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, but then um, I went also to work in Italy as a 20 year old something, 20 something. I worked with Teen Challenge uh -huh. and I was working with charismatic uh, guys out there and also very conservative evangelical church. And so the extremes were and I was somewhere in the middle, not sure, not sure who I was and where I was going spiritually. Then also at that same time came across um, uh, uh, Labrie Fellowship. Francis Schaeffer, well-known theologian in Switzerland, lovely location. So I'm, that's very cerebral. So I'm in that, in that position of thinking, am I conservative? Am I charismatic, intellectual? Right. Then there came a stage where after a whole lot of things happening in my life, in 1994, I was uh, at, a, at a prayer meeting in a, in a church in Bognor Regis. And at that stage... We've got so many exotic locations Absolutely. Ah. Uh, Bognor Regis of all places. Where is that? And then I say, God, I don't care what it looks like, but do whatever you want. And that was a very simple, honest, from the heart prayer, having had years of transition in my theological position that I was in. Okay. Transition to the point saying, God, do whatever you want. And the Holy Spirit, a bit like Hanukkah, absolutely whacked me. Okay. And it was a transformation moment. And from that moment... I was a Christian before it, but it was like I was born again again. Okay. Massively so for you, you had a physical sensation Absolutely. of the Holy Spirit falling yeah. upon you. Absolutely. And uh, did your mind catch up or was it just... Well, my mind, as I was lying on the floor with 10,000 volts going through my body, never having ever laid out in the Spirit before, I was thinking, my goodness, this is powerful. And yet my body could not get off the floor for an hour uh -huh. until I then got up. And then the next three days was a transformation in my own life, God took stuff out of me that I did not know was there. Uh -huh. He put stuff into me that I was, it was like, wow, wow, wow. And from that moment on, it's been uh, quite a transformation in, in the way we minister. Not always easy, but uh, a real radical turnaround. And again, similar to Hanukkah, she also had an experience like that, where transformation happened over several days um, uh -huh. to make us the people we are today. Not perfect, but mm. yeah. So, so, um the ability so would you say that the ability for you guys to respond in surrender to god actually was almost like it sounds to me like it was almost a, a gift from god it takes our yeah, decisions yes. but he actually downloaded yeah. his spirit into you yes to help you to yes. make that decision that's really interesting definitely yeah definitely. i think uh, the word ability doesn't really <laughs> sit with me it was really a takeover but okay. i think <laughs> yes but yeah. the takeover i've been actually longing for yeah. because yeah. we are made to be taken <clears throat> over i right. think god wants to live in us yeah. and often we know that but 
when it really happens or it comes to life, it's a very different mm. story, actually. The, yeah, the, way I, the way I often say it is it's a little bit like you've been driving a car, I've been a Christian 46 years now. It was like driving a car in first gear for many years, for 22 years plus. Mm. And then suddenly you realise there's three, third, fourth and fifth gear that you can drive mm. in as well. Once you've experienced that power encounter, yes. you never want to go back. Yes, um, come on. Because God take remove stuff out of you that shouldn't be there, that you don't know is there. Yes. Put stuff back into you. And it, as I say, it trans yeah. it's a transformation. Yeah, yeah. come on. That's, yes. Yeah. Which might sound on the face of it a little bit, a little bit scary or a little bit like, I'm not sure I want to do that. Because <laughs> like you say, it's like 10,000 yeah, volts. Absolutely. But then you learn and you, you walk with the Lord and you realize yeah, it's, yeah. it's for my own benefit. And yeah. I, I can achieve way more absolutely. under the power of the Spirit mm. than yeah. I could ever have. Yes. You wouldn't even have imagined what he wanted you to go for. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So right. can just tell us a little bit, Hanukkah, about how that took you to Mongolia, the other end of the, the yeah. world. Well, actually, to the day God spoke to me, I had no vision, no special heart for Asia. I was just one on the world map you right. know and that was it and it was like something was coming alive from that day on and I remember going home I was staying at my mother's place and I said I'm going to Mongolia and people were like yeah sure do you want a cup of tea and it was just <laughs> what have you been drinking yeah <laughs> what is the matter she'll be <laughs> over it but literally I would go to the library and that day it was less online you go for books and study and I was just crying, praying for that nation. It was coming alive, you know. I oh, felt God. the love and compassion of God for a nation. It, that was just loving a nation was for me totally a new concept. Uh -huh. You have heard people, I have a call for the nations and I just took it. I think now I know what they're talking mm. about. Mm. And so I had to wait almost mm. a year. I had just uh, switched jobs and so I couldn't um, go off immediately. So it was almost a year, like next summer, I took my first trip, but the moment I touched ground, I just fell in love with the mm -hmm. place, you know, and it was very, it was actually, you hear these stories about in certain cultures, women being given to marriage to, and, and it was like meeting the husbands I'm giving to marriage to, you know, you have no clue, you land here and you think this is going to be my people, wow. this food is going to be my food, this kind of language is going to be my <laughs> language, you know, so wow. I looked to them probably like a tourist or whatever and I thought no I, I'm part of this and um, well it was a process I went back for two months and in the meantime I mean I had a very nice job mm. and was well paid it was interesting and you get promotion and you think oh god maybe it was just about um, getting a heart for this place and, and maybe that's enough and God said no I want you to go back and right. I went for two months and then he said okay now you move you let go of everything and I want you to make a really a cut right. and move to this nation and it was a very strange because I was mid-30s and you think well if you're just finished with uni Hmm. You can do a cap a gap year and pick up. Or if you're 55, the kids are out. You think, okay, have a try. I thought, Lord, if this is not you, I'm doing the most silly thing, actually. Mm -hmm. But I can say that never for one second I have regretted uh -huh. that move. Yeah. And would you say that um, there's a verse in Philippians where, mm -hmm. where uh, Paul says, let the peace of Christ like a referee in your heart. Mm -hmm. uh, let it be the, the, that sense of do I have peace or do I not have peace? actually can be the answer that 
the, the, the way that you can make good decisions. Was it a similar experience for you with that one? Yeah, certainly peace is very important. I can say for this it was even more than peace. It's maybe if you have to launch a rocket, you know, you know like it was, okay, I so felt so <laughs> compelled. It was very powerful. Right. I had a strong joy also. My oh, It was really like people were like, I've been falling in love, you know, in my office when I came back the whole wall is covered with pictures and I'm just doing my work like looking backwards at them, talking to a lot of people about it. So by the time I left, I think half the country knew. Right. I, and that was even instrumental that mm. God put a lot of people like kind of backing me up, getting involved in what he was going to do. Yeah, and that's important, isn't it? Because it's actually never, uh, it's very rarely that I think the Lord calls us to something that we don't have some kind of team or some yeah. kind of people to move with. Yeah. Uh, even you think Mongolia is, well, it is the other end of the world, but you ended up in a team situation there. Right? Yeah, sure. Mm. I do believe, I think Jesus sent people out two by two and we are not yeah. meant to yeah. uh, go alone. I mean, yeah. there's exceptions. Even there's been moments that I felt literally scared. Uh -huh. And still thinking, yeah, God, but I have to do it. Uh -huh. But when I look back, I can say every day it was like, oh, thank you, God, for mm -hmm. just showing me this. There's so much that God has for us and we have no clue right. till we receive it. You know? So how do you, how did, how do you guys um, sustain yourselves then in times like that when, you're, when you feel like you're out there? Or, I mean, I know we, haven't, we won't go in, in a great deal today, but you, you, you had lots of ups and downs over, mm -hmm. the, over mm -hmm. those years. As, yeah. This is before you guys got together and we're going to hear that story hopefully in a that's minute. Right, that's we're right. always saying, how, did you, how did you guys get together if you were in Mongolia? Uh, <laughs> but um, how do you guys sustain uh, the, the spiritual walk, the connection with God yeah. when you know, you're in the, in the countryside in Mongolia or stuff's going on in life? How's that happened for you guys? Mm. Well, for me personally, it was obviously, I never anticipated being a pastor of a church. I thought I'd be working in Italy when I first got married in 1988, my first wife, which we'll come to a bit later on. And then we went through quite ups and downs. When I got touched by the Holy Spirit, we had people in our church. I'm now the pastor. Uh -huh. Some want to come because they want to see revival. Some run away because it's all a bit scary and frightening. All of those encounters. Then 10 years ago, uh, my wife became sick. She had a, a brain tumor 11 years ago now. Mm. Um, and she tragically died. It was a, it was a, that's a long story in itself. But in that time of seeing her being sick and dying and then after that period, it was like you go through the deep waters mm. and that's where scripture i've always been a bible reader love the word and sometimes you just literally cling on to the isaiah 43 was a classic for me when you go through the river when you go through the deep water when you go through the fire yeah. i'm going to be with you all the time so for me knowing the word um, it was essential okay. but i could come to certain scriptures and say god i need you now and i can remember sitting in my garden quite often with the word praying you know just feeling god's love but also the pain coming out as well sure. and also not just in my garden but on trips so we went we took our our young team to to soul survivor one year the, the two months after rosie or a month after rosie had died and uh the first song that comes up at soul survivor is was rosie's favorite song 
and it became the uh, the year of snot and tears, as we say. Yeah. Because like it's like God processing healing us as a family, because two children as well. Uh -huh. In in that in that um, so through the storms, you know, house on the sand, house on the rock. Yeah, yeah. The rock is Jesus, and when when it's really coming against you, you just absolutely know it's the Word of God, the Spirit of God. And honestly, testimony is it was amazing how God took us through that time and made us stronger through that. And even with my children, they're both in full-time ministry in a sense, uh -huh. love God, love the word. Uh -huh. And so a storm actually made us stronger rather than smashing us. Which is, at the time, you can't always see, you, you can't, can't see, see yeah. past the waves and the no, wind, no. and it's battering in your face. Mm -hmm. But many Christians will say the same mm -hmm. thing, yeah. right? Now, that it was through yeah. the storm that I was made stronger. Absolutely. And nobody wishes that that no. is life's no. experience. Mm -hmm. That's really, yeah, that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just on the Holy Spirit thing, you, you, you started, you know, 20 something, you, you've, you've got these vaults going through you. <laughs> um, uh, you're still, you're still open to the Holy Spirit today. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you allow I say more Lord. Come on. <laughs> more Lord. All the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so did you, did you, were you, did you feel the presence of the, of God's spirit in those times as well? Oh, oh, during that really yeah, tough I mean, time. How does it work when you, you know, you have these mountaintop times with the yes, Lord, right? Yes. But then you, you have a valley time. How does it work with the Holy Spirit for and, you then? And because of what I had back in, in 94, that was very much what was absolutely holding me. And I knew what happened to us as a family was the enemy trying to stop what we were doing. So the enemy comes in to steal, kill and destroy, John right. 10, 10. So you know that this has been a massive onslaught and that's without telling you the detail of the story. Sure. But it was a real, the enemy's thinking, how can I stop these people evangelizing, doing outreach, doing mission? I'll try and hit something right in the heart of their family, which he did big time. Mm. But yet through that, God says, I can still make you, I can, I'm still holding you. Even in the storm, Jesus said, in the world, you will have trouble. But do not fear, I have overcome the world. Mm. That's that's a promise he makes. Right. So scriptures like that, that you've been reading for years, really sink right into your inner being. You just know this is God. And if it right. wasn't for God, I, I would say, honestly, sometimes if it weren't for God, how would I have held myself together? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet because of God... Uh, and also knowing where Rosie had gone yeah. and everything so else, that's that also, it was, it was a hope. It was yeah. a hope, even wow. in the craziness of what happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah come on, Lord. Yeah. Um, maybe when, when we finish, I'd love you guys to pray for that kind of a hope yeah. and that yeah. perseverance for each mm -hmm. of us. Okay. So uh, I want to ask two more things. I want to find out how you guys got together. It's a great story. <laughs> and then how it is that you guys are living out the missional life today. So the mm. context has changed. Yeah. I mean, essentially, like many of us uh, listening or watching into this, our hope is that we're actually uh, missionaries in the everyday. So mm, every person, yes. everywhere, every day. Mm. How do I live the missionary life in the everyday? So uh, how, how, it, how is it that you guys got together? It's very interesting <laughs> because when I went to Mongolia, I mean, I was already in my 30s. And actually so far, if I was in, involved in a relationship twice and, and God said, no, this is not a man. And I've been, praise God, obedient. Mm. But when I left and my friend said, well, no, you're not going to marry now. And I said, well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. But I know one thing. I don't want to miss out right. on my calling. And I know what God has spoken. And if he has a husband for me, I'm most likely to find him on the way that he's guiding me. Right. You know, but I had no clue, but I knew and I'm so grateful actually that he kept me happy, you know, with ups and downs, but in, in these times and also really gave me a Mongolian family and that I was to allowed as I look back 
on those years as a single really with no regret at all not like oh wish i would have married earlier but there was this desire to yeah. be married but i mean by the time i was 48 you're not like looking around every corner i was actually a really happy person and i think well god I, sometimes i thought okay leave it lord because uh, i have a lot to lose but in the beginning of um 2011 11. January I remember like lying in a big gear that like these yurts there's nomad tents on the floor heating that's and very praying. hipster right <laughs> yeah real hipster <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> well it's very necessary actually it's just how they live mm. and we were praying and God starts to show me some airplanes and I was like no God I just have come down from a, a quite intense time I'm just happy where I am and again I see and I thought Lord this is my home you know I, I I'm really rooted here I'm happy here and God says no I'm gonna take you away from so here and actually it was very hard it was not what I wanted to hear mm. and the strange thing was he was very clear on that one and even confirmed it through other people but he didn't tell me where I was going. But it was so clear that that year I spent like 10 months preparing for my departure without knowing where I was going. I used to go every um, autumn for one month to Holland and, and to Europe, you know, to see people speak in churches, bring some Mongolian friends with me and minister. And there was a gap of five days and exactly in these five days I was invited to join a PIH conference in um, Hemel, so Partners in Harvest, yeah. Partners in Harvest, yeah. And uh, even the way I got there, it's no time to, but it was really, I've been massaged and pushed. All right, so God into, got you into yeah, the right place at the right Really, time. and thinking, me even wondering what am I doing here, but also really feeling God have, has a surprise. And I thought, surely it has to do with the ministry. There was nothing in me thinking I'm going to meet uh, a man. And... Um, so the first evening I was there, you have to introduce yourself and you go on stage and, and, and people pray. And there was this person praying for me, blown over me. And I think, God, I just feel fresh, like a new anointing, something. Well, I open my eyes. Hugo stands in front of me and I said, what was that? He said, I don't know. But for me, nothing registered. It was just like, oh, this blowing man, you know. And uh, <laughs> But I just felt he carries something that really touched me spiritually. But so we had no conversation at all. But the next day, as I was um, going for lunch, it was funny. It was like a buffet style lunch. Uh -huh. People help themselves sit down. And there was like a pillar right next to me. But lo and behold, half a minute after I put my plate down, he puts his plate down at the other end of the pillar and then starts to, uh, like chats with somebody, turns to me and says, did I see you on God TV? Uh -huh. Because a movie about mm. my life that had been made. Okay. And uh, I look at him too, and literally, this is such a strange experience. I look at, in his face and I think, it was like I just knew this is the man I'm gonna marry. Wow. So we didn't speak about it. And we at had... that time, she didn't know my situation. And you didn't tell him? You didn't say no, that? Of you just said no, no. The Lord was speaking. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> you're absolutely gonna, not. You're, I'm going to marry you. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I have known that to happen, not to me, but I, people do that from time to time. So you were wise enough to hold that one in. <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, it would be a bit. Good lesson, then. 
Yes. <laughs> not um, good to do otherwise, yes. I think. But the funny thing was the place where we met in Hampstead, and I've always said to people, you know, I don't know, but if God has somebody for me, it will have to make to be a match made in heaven. Well, Hamel, Hamel is the Dutch word for heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. 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 He's an engineer funny. right uh, down to the detail. Right to the, yeah. That's great. I love the fact that we're talking about Hemel Hempstead and Bognor Regis <laughs> and Mongolia. And Mongolia. All in one, yeah, yeah, one conversation. How, last question. How does it look like for you guys to be a missionary? Now you, you have been, you know, the kind of classic overseas missionary. Mm. You guys are now currently, you're called to the UK. Mm. in a in a just a, a regular uk context like many of us listening or watching in um how do you translate that as a missionary today yeah i found it quite challenging because in um, mongolia my hair color would do the job like right. what are you doing here and off you go you know so coming back i really had to find and i think still it comes back to this whole surrender story mm. that I think God, I have promised you to never say no. Okay. And I think God loves people anywhere and everywhere, and He yeah. has something for people anywhere. So what I just aim at is like being really tuned in to God on a daily basis, you know. And so that might mean when we are shopping together, suddenly He shows you somebody or a situation that you think, oh, hang on, would you mind? I I think I have to go back to this lady and have mm. a chat or pray for people. Right. And that has actually become a lifestyle. And um, still, I would desire to see much more. You know, we like to worship, and I like also to worship sometimes in the open. Mm -hmm. You know, and or last for Christmas, we said, let's go out, make a fire pit, and just do Christmas songs, but really proper Christmas songs Around outside the and have some. Right. You know, and just <laughs> spread an atmosphere of yes. worship. Yeah. And I must say, it is. I find it personally harder here because there is a lot of like who oh, people are very careful, you know, and if you've been, I've been spoiled in Mongolia with people standing in line to meet the living God. Mm -hmm. But I believe, hey, God wants to do the same yeah, thing it's here. It's the same here, yeah. isn't it? So it yeah, just it takes this mm -hmm. being filled with God mm -hmm. on a daily basis mm -hmm. and really training yourself to be sensitive <laughs> and available yeah. anytime mm. you know and mm, yeah. it's also exciting so mission is local but mission is european but mission is also international we send a team out every year to south africa on mission out there so for me it's the nation and the nations right so europe yeah. desperately needs revival so do the nations that we go to come so, on that's yeah. jerusalem Samaria, absolutely to the ends of the earth, of the earth. yeah, yeah but i love that and i, I love mm. uh, the, it's such an encouragement to me to hear you guys just say well actually mm. um it could be here it could be here but the the way that it, i i lead in mission the way that i live in mission is to be sensitive to the spirit on yeah. an every day on an every absolutely. hour basis let's absolutely. just hear what the lord's saying yeah and have the a surrendered heart to put it into mm. action yeah. guys yeah. i'd love it if you would uh, uh, you can fight it out who wants to pray love it if one of you would pray for us all to to, to be able to walk in that life of surrender yeah. Yeah. and see the kingdom come mm. yeah okay yeah jesus we love you father we love you and we just thank you father for this church here at the well we thank you, Father, for this heart you've given them for mission. Mm. But, Lord, I just want to thank you that even out there as we pray and as we speak, there are many out there who will be listening to this who say, actually, I want a surrendered life. Because, Father, for each of us, you have a destiny. 
And it's a life to be filled with your spirit, filled with your love, your joy, your peace, but also your power. Mm. So we say, Holy Spirit, we pray as people listen to this, Holy mm. Spirit, come upon us, come upon them, touch us in new ways. Whatever the gifts are, Lord, we want to see the body of Christ come alive in this nation, in Europe, and to the ends of the earth. We pray in the mighty Yeshua name. Come on. Amen. 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 Oh, we bless you to never say no. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen.